I'd like to begin with a song that has everything to do with our contemplation for today, the narrow road to Zion, traveling the right road in the right direction. This grows out of today's Brit Chadashah reading. So uh, if we can get that song coming up, Sean, it would be great. That leads to life The few that find it never die Past mountain peaks Graced white with snow The way grows brighter as it goes There is a road inside of you Inside of me there is one too No stumbling to Zion's in your heart, the road to Zion's in your heart. The river runs beside the road, its waters living as they flow. In liquid voice, the water calls, on thirsty knees a pilgrim falls There is a road inside of you Inside of me there is one too No stumbling pilgrim in the dark The road to Zion's in your heart The road to Zion's in your heart a shadow, dark and cold, lays like a mist across the road. But be encouraged by the sight, where there's a shadow, there's a light. There is a road inside of you, inside of me there is one too. The road to Zion's in your heart The 
road to Zion's in your heart. We're not here to be entertained. We're not even here to be informed. We're here to be transformed. We're here to be transfixed with a vision of the goal that stands before us and transformed by that spirit that the risen Messiah sent to be among us. So we don't take any of this for granted. No amount of preparation, no amount of PowerPoints can replace the work of your spirit, O God. It is the spirit that gives life. And the flesh is of no avail. And as Yeshua reminded us, the words I have spoken to you, they are spirit. And they are life. Please, O God, may your word be spirit and life to us today. Amen. Yeshua begins today's passage. You know, when we get used to the Bible as a book, and it's my favorite book, and it's the only book that I've ever read that I'm never going to be through reading over and over and over again. But, but Yeshua lived among us. He got dirt between his toes. He got suntanned. He got sunburned. He got hungry. He lived among us not terribly long ago. 2,000 years is not extremely long ago. And out of the precious time that he had in his ministry, which was three and a half years, he did not waste any words. And I would do well. You would do well. We would all do well to really pay attention to his words because as our passage says, he spoke with authority and not like the Torah teachers. He's not giving an opinion. He's not, uh, he's not giving us a bullet point. He speaks with authority. He knows what he's talking about. And he does not waste words. And so he begins this passage where he's asking us what road we are traveling in our lives. That's a question that we should always be asking. He says, go through the narrow gate. For the gate that leads to destruction is wide, and the road is broad, and many travel it. But it is a narrow gate and a hard road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So he asks me today, he asks you, he asks all of us, what road are you traveling in your life? Is it the wide and easy road? Or is it a narrow and demanding hard road? It's a good question. So where are we going in, the, in this passage today? I'm going to be concentrating on three major 
issues. And here they are. Habitual behavior validates or invalidates spiritual claims. How a person normally acts either gives credibility to them spiritually or no matter what they say, no matter what else they do, how they normally act can demolish their credibility. That is Yeshua's first point, and it will be mine. Secondly, what should characterize our habitual behavior? That's a good question. And thirdly, what is the ground, what is the basis, what is the orientation point for our righteous habitual behavior? Where is it rooted? Where is it oriented? Where is it tethered? These are the questions we have before us today. So, habitual behavior and spiritual validation. First, Yeshua warns us. He warns us about three things. First, he warns us about false prophets. Beware of false prophets, phonies, religious hucksters. They come to you wearing sheep's clothing, but underneath, the hungry wolves. They look good, but you've got to look beneath the surface. And many people don't bother. But he says, beware. You will recognize them by their fruit. So first is fake, false prophets and fake sources. He's going to talk about this right now. You'll recognize them from their fruit. Can people pick grapes from thorn bushes? That's a fake source. You don't go to a thorn bush to get grapes. You don't go to a false prophet to get truth and blessing for your life. No matter how exciting he is or she is, no matter how big a, a, a church or a synagogue or, a, or, or a, 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 a mailing list they have, you don't go to a thorn bush to get grapes. He says, can people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every healthy tree produces good fruit, but a poor tree produces bad fruit. Don't go to an unhealthy source for blessing from God. A healthy tree cannot bear uh, bad fruit, or a poor tree, good fruit. Any tree that does produce good fruit, any tree that does not produce good fruit, is cut down and thrown in the fire. So, you will recognize them by their fruit. Beware of false prophets, those who claim to represent God, claim to represent blessing in your life, claim to represent Yeshua, make all kinds of claims. They're all around us. Don't go to false prophets. Don't go to fake sources. Don't expect to get blessing and truth and righteousness from somebody whose life is chaotic and, and uh, suspicious. Don't expect that. And uh, beware of funky fruit of, of people whose lives produce things that you don't want to produce. Don't go to them for the seeds that will grow in your life. We go on. Yeshua then talks about false ways in which people claim to be valid or false ways in which we tend to wrongly validate people. And he says something very shocking here. Let me read it to you. He says, 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's an amazing passage. It's not enough to say the right words. He says, not everyone who says to me, he doesn't say no one who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, but not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's, so it's not just enough to say the right words. I'm going to say it again. It's not just enough to say the right words. We tend to be deceived by that. He goes on. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we expel demons in your name? Didn't we perform many miracles in your name? Doing religious things, prophesying, preaching sermons, uh, writing books. Didn't we expel demons in your name? Acts of power. Didn't we perform many mighty miracles in your name? Then he says here, I, now if I said this, this would say you've got to be crazy. But Jesus not crazy. He says this, I will tell them to their faces, I never knew you. Get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. He's saying of people who say the right things, who do religious things, even who heal people, get away from me. I never knew you. This is very striking. And here is the, here is the touch point. Lawlessness, anomia. Nomos in Greek is law. Anomia is against law. Anomia, lawlessness. It's not simply violating, violating the rules, but living contemptuously or rebelliously against the lawgiver. He says, get away from me. I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. You practice unrighteous autonomy, illegitimate autonomy. Get away from me. I never knew you. That's the bottom line. Are these... Don't be deceived by religious flash and religious style and religious glitz. When I went to Manhattan School of Music, I knew a woman. I won't tell you her name. She had an unusual name. I still remember it. And I'm going back now 55 years. still remember her name. I remember her, and I remember her friend. And this young woman was in New York City, a very expensive city. She wanted to make some money while she was in music school as a vocal major. So she got a job as a kind of a field agent for an anthropologist who was examining religious groups in New York City. And she went to a seance. Now, she was a, a believer, uh, it seems, she went to a seance. She was there to observe and to take notes. Now, I was a brand new believer. I was so wet behind the ears that, you know, uh, I couldn't hear from all the water in my ears. I still can't hear, by the way. At any rate, uh, she said to me, you know, that was really interesting. I think I'm going to go back. Now, now, I was a very new believer, but I told her, and I won't tell you her name, let's call her Jane. I always use that name. They're never Jane. <laughs> but I told her, 
Jane, you want to go back because you sensed power there, didn't you? She said yes. She sensed a spiritual power and that was seducing her. Yeshua tells us, don't be seduced by religious words, religious actions, and even by spiritual power. If the people are lawless, if they're not rooted in a loyalty and a faithfulness, am I, am I doing all right, Alec? You know, he's, uh, he's going to correct my exegesis of the word anomia later on. I, I know this. I just can't. I, you know, I got to get people who know less. Uh, uh, at any rate, let's go on. So what should characterize our habitual behavior? Not just right words, not just religious things, not even just works of power. What should characterize us is our evidential claim that we are obedient subjects who honor the once crucified Messiah as the risen and reigning King of Israel and the nations. When I say evidential claim, I mean we have to show evidence of the fact that we honor him and we obey him. This is this is the root of righteous living is that we're oriented towards our once crucified Messiah as the risen and reigning King of Israel and of the nations and also our King. Now here you see this in a couple of places. This diagram is based on Ezekiel chapter 30, uh, chapter 37 verse 21 to 28. These are seven things that God is going to do with the Jewish people at the end of days. And in the middle there, you see the Messiah. He's going to bring us back to the land. He's going to unify us as a people. He's going to renew us in the, in the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, spiritually renew us in repentance. And through the Messiah, and then, the, then we have here on the left, it says, my servant David will be king over them. And all of them will have one shepherd. They will live by my rulings and keep and observe my regulations. You see, it's not enough to believe in the son of David, to believe in the Messiah. One must live by his rulings and his regulations. So that's verse 24. They shall, that my servant David will be king over them. That means we will be his subjects. And we'll have one shepherd. We will live by these rulings and Observe God's regulations. Paul talks the same way. He says this. For among the first things I passed on to you was what I also received, namely this. The Messiah died for our sins in accordance with what the Tanakh says. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with what the Tanakh says. He was seen by Kepha, then by the Twelve, and afterwards he was seen by more than 500 brothers at one time, the majority of whom are still alive, though some have died. Later he was seen by Yaakov, James, and then by the emissaries, the apostles. And last of all, he was seen by me, even though I was born at the wrong time. But each, then he talks later in the chapter, he says, each in his own order. The Messiah is the first fruits. The resurrection, he is the prototype that comes off the assembly line. He's the first person resurrected to everlasting embodied immortality. He's the first fruits. Then those who belong to the Messiah at the time of his coming, 
Then the culmination, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after putting an end to every rulership, yes, to every authority and power. For he, that is Yeshua, has to rule until he puts all his enemies under his feet. So that's who Yeshua is now. He's the one who is ruling. We tend to, you know, and I, I, when I say we, I'm not just pointing at you, I'm talking about myself. In our religious culture, we tend to fundamentally think of Yeshua as the one who died for our sins. But that's not the end of the story. It's not simply that he died for our sins and that he rose from the dead. That's not the end of the story either. He died for our sins, he rose from the dead, and he was enthroned at the Father's right hand in a position of rulership. So a true believer is a person who lives under the rulership of the once crucified, risen, and reigning Son of David. Do you understand? That's where, that's the orientation point of the road which we should follow. Our evidential claim that we are obedient subjects who honor the once crucified Messiah as the risen and reigning King of Israel and the nations, our evidence is one thing, one thing, one thing, not our fancy words, not our religious actions, not even our works of power. But Yeshua tells us it's how we live. Now, here's a lesson from Rabbi Hananya. Let me read you this great story. I found this in an article by one of my favorite rabbis, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who was an amazing man. He tells this story. The Talmud tells the story of Rabbi Yehoshua ben Hananya, who lived shortly after Yeshua, who asked a young man sitting at a crossroad, which is the way to town? The young man pointed to one of the paths and he said, this way is short but long. And he says, that way is long but short. Yeshua ben Hananiah set out on the first path, short but long. And he quickly arrived at the town. But he found that his way was blocked by gardens and by orchards. He then returned to the young man and he said, didn't you tell me that this path was short? And the young man said, I did, but I also warned you that it was long. Better to take the long road that eventually gets you to your destination than the short one that doesn't, even though it looks like it does. That's a lesson for us. This is, what, uh, this is how Sachs applies it. Today's world is full of books, videos, and programs promising a fast track to almost anything, from weight loss to riches to success and fame. The life-changing idea symbolized by the route that God led the Israelites on, on when they left Egypt is that there are no fast tracks. The long way is short. The short way is long. Better by far to know at the outset that the road is long The work is hard, and there will be many setbacks and false turnings. You need grit, resilience, stamina, and persistence. So the lesson for us is I'm telling you, orient yourself towards Yeshua as king. Live your life that way. Sometimes it will be difficult. You will stumble and you will fall. 
It is the narrow gate. It is the hard road. But it will get you where you're going. Whereas the easy way and the wide road is very appealing. But it's a shortcut to nowhere. Go in through the narrow gate. For the gate that leads to destruction is wide. And the road broad. And many travel in it. But it is a narrow gate and a hard road that leads to life, and only a few find it. No stumbling pilgrim in the dark. The road to Zion's in your heart. I think we ought to sing that song. So you got it on your sheet. So let's sing it, and we'll be done for today. The road to Zion. Just a moment. Let me get my copy of the words. So... I'm going to ask you to stand because it's easier to pay attention when you're standing. There is a way that leads to life The few that find it never die Past mountain peaks white with snow the way grows wider as it goes there is a road inside of you inside of me there is one too no stumbling pilgrim in the dark the road to Zion's in your heart the road to Zion's Liquid voice, the water calls, on thirsty knees the pilgrim falls. There is a road inside of you, inside of me there is one too. No stumbling pilgrim in the dark, the road to Zion's in your heart, the road to Zion's in like a mist across the road but be encouraged by the sight where there's a shadow there's a light there is a road inside of me inside of me there is one too there's something pilgrim in the dark the road to Zion's in your It's good to look back down We've come so far, we've gained such ground But joy is not in where we've been Joy is who's waiting at the end There is a road inside of you Inside of me there is one too 
No stumbling pilgrim in the dark, the road to Zion's in your heart. The road to Zion's in your heart. Everyday life is full of crossroads. You're always at a crossroad. You're always faced with choices. Father, I pray for my sisters. I pray for my brothers. I pray for my family and friends. Help us to heed the word of Yeshua, who spoke to us with authority and not like one of the Torah teachers. He did not give opinions. He gave truth. He gave authoritative truth. And he gave us a warning. May we choose the right road, even when it's narrow, even when it's hard, and not be seduced by the, by the many things which seduce most people. We ask this with thanksgiving and openness to your spirit in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. If you are in mourning,